Blog Talk Radio. At no time. If I Progressive Parenting is a listener-funded show. No part of this program should be construed as medical advice. And now your host, Gina Kirby. At no other time during life can a mother and her baby possibly be more connected than during pregnancy. During this period of primal attachment, you and your child are physically connected by the umbilical cord and the placenta, and you are also emotionally connected as a result of the molecular messages being exchanged along this pathway. Babies are conscious and aware in utero, and their experience in the womb forms the foundation for the rest of their life. You are not just a vessel carrying a baby. You are your child's world. The environment that you provide for your baby with your body, thoughts, and feelings determines how he or she will develop. This extraordinary period of development creates something called the mother-baby bond where every thought, emotion, and feeling that you experience is shared and incorporated into the development of your baby. In fact, at no other time in your child's life does the mother-baby bond have the power to influence who your child will be, both emotionally and physically, and during pregnancy and the first years of his or her life. But how can you use this connection to form an even closer bond to your unborn baby? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Welcome to the program. Being a parent is the hardest job you will ever have. Progressive Parenting understands this and wants you to know that you are not alone. My name is Gina Kirby. I'm your humble host. I am not a parenting expert, but as a doula, childbirth educator, Lilla League International Breastfeeding Peer Counselor, and concerned parent of four children, I understand the difficulties involved with parenthood. So, every week, I invite doctors, nurses, family workers, authors, and experts from different fields to answer your parenting questions. Now, because this is a progressive talk show, we will broach topics and air opinions that you as a parent might not otherwise hear about through the mainstream media. The mission of progressive parenting is to inform, not preach, to share, not advise, and to connect, not alienate. Progressive Parenting Radio is a listener-funded program. If you enjoy the information we bring you weekly, please consider donating. You can send PayPal donations to paypal.me forward slash radio donation. PPR has been broadcasting over 10 years bringing quality information to listeners like you. And we would like to thank our listeners and our sponsors, Doula Trainings International, the fine folks at BepoMia.com, and Doula Book for supporting our mission to bring great information to listeners like you. The number to call in during our program is 
347-850-1642. You can go ahead and make a note of that. That number again is 347-850-1642. If you'd like to ask a question or make a comment, please press 1 and it will alert our producer that you have something to say. I am so excited about today's topic. I began the uh, top of the show with a quote from uh, The Attachment Pregnancy uh, by Laurel Wilson and uh, Tracy Wilson-Peters. So uh, I'm really excited to introduce my guest. I want to tell you a little bit about her before I do, uh, in case you haven't met Laurel Wilson before. Uh, She is an IBCLC, CLE, CCCE, CLD. She is Executive Director of Lactation Programs and Faculty for CAPA, Childbirth and Postpartum Professional Association, which is what CAPA is. She recently acted as the customer advocate for Enjoy Birth and Parenting, teaching webinars and producing podcasts for professionals for three years. She served as the program coordinator for Swedish Medical Center and Presbyterian St. Luke's Medical Center in Colorado. She owns Mother Journey Childbirth Services, training childbirth, lactation, and postpartum professionals, as well as, I'm sorry, you guys, expecting families on integrative holistic information. Uh, She's had over 20 years' experience working with women in the childbearing year. She takes a creative approach to working with pregnant families. I am so excited, you guys, to introduce her and have her on the program today. Let's see if I can get Laurel on the phone. Hi, Laurel, are you there? Hi there. Hi, I'm here. I'm here. Thank Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here and for taking time to be with us today. Um, So I want to just jump right into this about... Mm -hmm. Uh, the idea of bonding with your baby before your baby's born. I've had a lot of clients who I've brought this up with, and they're like, "Uh, how do you do that? (laughs) So let's talk about that. Right, and I I think that so many parents are so overwhelmed with all of the other things that they're planning and preparing for the arrival of this new little person into their life that they forget that, probably the most important thing that happens during that entire 10-month period is connecting with their baby because their baby is listening in on everything. Their baby is feeling mom's emotions and their baby is hearing conversations and their baby is developing according to mom's stress levels and her nutrition. And they are an active participant in this little developmental phase we call pregnancy and how we connect to our babies really matters a lot yeah absolutely I think for a long time though I think there was this thinking that that babies couldn't think right like the babies weren't having a real experience that they were like a blob yeah which which always really confused me because I, I don't understand how that you know, movement from inside the body to the passageway to be delivered automatically made you think and become a person. Babies are human beings inside us, you know, and even before their neural network is is formed, our thoughts and feelings are actually directing the development of that child, their development, you know, the stress levels and nutritional choices and even our relationships are activating and inactivating certain genes in that child. So it's, it's, really, it's really critical that we start to become aware that we want to facilitate a really loving, connected relationship with this child from its very moment of conception, or at least as soon as we know that we have a little one on board. We want to take time every day to focus inward um, and be, be grateful for our little one growing inside us. 
Yeah, I mean, they're they're listening to us. You said that, like they're they're listening for us. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think from like the very beginning that you're you are their whole world, like you said in there. You're like the baby's entire universe. And, um, yeah. Your heartbeat, <laughs> yeah. I mean, your heartbeat, the sounds of of your blood um, moving through your veins, the sounds of food coming down and, and going into the stomach, uh, all the heart, just everything uh, is your baby's entire world. And they're listening for everything. Uh, and they're listening for different sounds. And they can, can't they perceive um, frightening sounds from, from soothing sounds, even in utero? They absolutely can. And one of the things that we have recently discovered is that you know we have something called molecules of emotion. So when an individual experiences an emotion, which all that is is a, is a reaction to our environment, it releases a whole host of hormones you know, within our system. We call them neuropeptides. And what, what that actually does is cause certain organ systems to do certain things. For example, when we have an emotion and we feel scared, it helps move us into fight or flight. And if we have an emotion of happiness, that releases certain happy hormones flooding throughout our system. But those molecules of emotion are flowing through our bloodstream. And we now know that our placentas are not just, you know, these organs that are kind of sending nutrition and filtering things, but in fact, our placentas are kind of directing that development for our baby. And it is listening in on what's going on with mom. And when we have those emotions as a mother, our placentas key in on those molecules of emotion and start to send our babies those same molecules of emotion. So in a very real way, whatever mom is experiencing emotionally, the baby is experiencing emotionally. And this is, this is actually really important because it's how we develop emotional intelligence in our children. We want babies to experience, you know, the full, the full range. We want them to experience anger and happiness and gratitude and sadness and, and all of it and even stress. But the thing is, ideally, we would want our children to feel more happiness, more positive emotions than negative emotions, and to be aware when we're experiencing those um, kind of challenging emotions that even if we are, even if we're experiencing, say, a, a family upset, um, for example, mm-hmm. say someone in our family, something is in the hospital or something, and we know we're going to experience over several weeks, maybe extreme feelings of sadness and frustration, we communicate to our baby that, you know, yes, we are having these moments of sadness, but I love you. You know, keeping keeping that connection to the baby so they're, they are aware um, of what's happening at all times because they are aware. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. No, I love that idea of um, just keeping in that communication. I didn't know when that I was pregnant with my third daughter when my grandfather passed away. And it was. It was uh-huh. like two months of a lot of sadness and um it was just it was awful I was really really close to him and he passed away and I was at the funeral pregnant I had no idea and I really wish I would have known so that I could be in contact with my baby and let my baby know that yeah mommy's mommy's sad but it's okay and that I still love you and everything's all right between you and I and you know I wish I could have had that time um to go back and and have that um in saying that, though, I want to make sure to let our listeners know, I think if you've had a baby before and you're just now hearing this kind of information, I think it's really easy to um, second-guess yourself or maybe say, I wish I would have known that and feel bad about um, things you didn't know. But 
um, those things don't really serve us, and we only, you know, we can only do it as well as we can with the information we have at the time. And I just want to let parents know, and I'm hoping you can back me up on this, let parents know who are listening that um, it's never too late to create bonding with your children. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the beauty of childhood is that they're highly plastic and they respond to love and they respond to connection throughout really, you know, their whole developmental period. The, what we do know is the most critical time for development of their brain and their genes, you know, the activation of their genes and, um, and the development of them, their emotional state is really those first, what we call thousand days. So, um, we want to get the word out as much as possible that this period of time is a really important time for attachment. We tend to think of attachment only once the baby arrives, but we want to start as early as we possibly can. And even if we hadn't gotten that message, I know I didn't know this information when I was conceiving and having both of my children. I had this innate sense of wanting to be connected to them, but I didn't really know the science behind it. And it's just become my, my goal and my focus in working with families that they do have that knowledge. And I share it with as many pregnant families as I possibly can so that we can spread the word. Because we do all wish, once we find out that information, we do all wish we could go back. But you're absolutely right. It doesn't, it doesn't serve us to go back and have feelings of, of guilt or frustration. We should work with that information in a positive manner by trying to help other families realize that and trying to stay as connected today as we possibly can to, to our children and our extended family as well. Well, thank you for that. I just wanted to make sure that I said it at the beginning because I know that I went through a lot of sadness uh, after my first baby when I started to realize all of the things I ne- I didn't know <laughs> before I had my first baby. Yeah. And it's a mm-hmm. real thing. And, uh, and it's really a huge part of our program, too, is that we really want people to know that we're not, like, um, forcing an agenda or telling you this is how you need to do things. The whole purpose of the program is to bring uh, information to light that you're just not going to find you know, sitting in your pediatrician's office or the OB's office picking mm-hmm. up a mainstream magazine, uh, you don't get to hear a lot about, I mean, these types of ideas of, um, like, just the idea of bonding with your baby, like, right after conception or, like, just, or conceiving of the baby beforehand and welcoming a baby, you know, before before you even see a test that says that you're pregnant. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We have this um we have this uh kind of process to help families when they think how in the world am I going to how how am I going to connect with a baby inside me that I can't see. Interestingly, a lot of people feel and report that the first time they feel connected to their child is actually when they see their child on an ultrasound, which, you know, I I would love it if we could feel connected to our children all the time. And so Tracy and I thought a lot about this and um and we decided to create something called conscious attachment. And it's really simple. It's just, it's a four-step, really quick process. And the first step is just um, to get very quiet and pause. So to move yourself away from anything that's distracting. You know, if you're at work, then maybe try and close your office door or, you know, turn down the music. But just find a place that you can get quiet and pause whatever is going on in your life. Turn off your cell phone sound and um And the next step is to really get in touch. And we encourage moms to then, you know, place their hands on their belly and focus on that baby, Um, really feel in touch with them. And step three is to communicate, to 
send loving thoughts to them, to tell them what's going on in, in your life and really take those few moments to bond and step four is to promise so that you continue to promise your child that even if you feel disconnected from me, I promise I'll be back. <laughs> like I promise to consciously attach to you throughout this pregnancy. And it's really simple. That's all there is to it. One of my, um, one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Fred Worth, he, he wrote a book many years ago called prenatal parenting. And he talked about, um, Oh my goodness. I can't even think of the name of his, but he had had this way to do kind of a pregnancy pause every day and send love to your baby. And we really wanted to bring that concept to parents again in kind of a new, in a new way. Oh, I love that. I love that idea. Any way that you can do it, I think is fantastic. There's, um, Mm -hmm. there's a thing that I share with my couples as a doula, um, how to use the rebozo to, uh, it's like a relaxation uh, method. Mm-hmm. And at one mm-hmm. point during the relaxation method, the partner takes the rebozo and just kind of um, moves it over mom's belly and slowly. And mom like takes the, that time to really check in with her baby and dad's checking in too. Like that all three of them can sync up at the same time, which uh, I love. I love the idea of all of that. I think any way you can figure out how to do that pregnancy pause is beautiful. Yeah. Well, and I love that too because you're bringing the partner in into that, you know, connecting time as well. And I think that is another really important piece because the more connected that we can be to, you know, our family, all of our family too, if we have other children, we're in the process of growing another one. It's important for us to bring that bond from the whole family into um, into yeah. our pregnancy. I, I love that idea. I really do. Well, I love your book. Just I wanted to throw that out there. Um, the the book I'm talking about is the Attachment Pregnancy: The Ultimate Guide to Bonding with Your Baby. Uh, I served on the board of directors of Attachment Parenting International for a little over five years, and this kind of thing wow. just really touches me. And I love how interactive the book is, and it gets you to get parents to um, to work together on being conscious about the pregnancy. And I love that. Um, I think this is a great gift to new families. Uh, you know, when I find out somebody's pregnant, this is like my go-to gift. <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank well, you so I mean, much. There's not, there's not a lot of books that talk about um, meditation during pregnancy and, and what mm-hmm. it means. And I don't know that people understand, um, you know, if you haven't meditated, I think people have an idea of what meditation is. And maybe it's a little um, woo for them. But I like how you guys tackle meditation in the book. Would you mind talking about that a little bit? Sure. So one of the things that was really important to us was that we wrote a book for everybody. We wanted to make sure that anyone, no matter what their spiritual background, or even if they didn't necessarily have it, have um, have acknowledged or identified a particular spiritual background we wanted this book to work for every single person and so when we really started to think about what what is meditation that it is that moment that an individual connects to that which helps them to feel peaceful that which helps to bring calm within their life and that which helps connect them to whatever they feel their source is whether it's nature whether it's god whether it's um any sort of, maybe it's, you know, they believe it's their internal energy process, what, whatever that is, that meditation is 
that which connects you to that. And it's an opportunity to become quiet. And what I, what I think is a, is a real misrepresentation of meditation is that you have to sit there in silence with absolutely no thoughts going on in your head because that's almost an impossibility, particularly today in the Western world when we're bombarded with so much information. As, and especially if you're a beginner meditation, uh, you know, beginner at meditation, it's impossible to completely clear your mind. But what you can do is become quiet. You can bring your body into stillness. You can focus in on breath and you can focus in on what is important to you. And in that opportunity, that space to make that connection, many people have, you know, find, find a great peace. And that stillness is then brought into their life the rest of the day. And people call meditation a variety of things. Like my, my father, for one, he doesn't do traditional meditation. He doesn't do traditional prayer. What he does is climb. And when he's climbing, yeah. he finds this moment of peace where there's, there's nothing between him and the rock, and he feels completely peaceful. He zones out of everything else, and he just feels fully present and happy and joyful, and that's his meditation. And we know that even Buddhists, some Buddhist traditions have walking meditation, movement meditation. So it doesn't even have to be this, you sit in a room in a certain position and close your eyes and you do the certain sound or no sound. It's whatever brings you into that still, peaceful state. That's our definition. <laughs> but many people have other definitions. I think it's all... It's all very good. The important thing is that it connects you to you, connects you to your source, and during pregnancy, it helps you connect to your baby. Right, and in that, it um, helps stimulate the pineal gland, which helps um, help me out here regu- regulate uh, harm, har- the hormone melatonin. Right. Absolutely, and your pineal gland is what is traditionally in. in um, uh, it has been called the third eye. Um, the pineal actually rests right behind the third eye. And the pineal is something that helps to move us into those states of, of calmness um, and helps to create that, you know, actually inner peace is, is what it is and, and connection. So, yes. Right. That's what I was saying. And, like, a lot of people don't understand, like, well, why? okay, I get meditation, but how is it going to help me connect with my baby? And, right. Um, right. That's why I wanted to bring up the melatonin and other things that happen when you when you meditate. Absolutely, you're releasing a whole host of hormones, and pregnancy is really just a bath of hormones that we are experiencing. And during pregnancy, the placenta, as I mentioned before, is kind of that manager of of our pregnancy and listening in on, on mom's body and mom's blood supply and mom's hormones. And so when mom's pineal gland is stimulated and it is releasing all of those kind of feel good hormones that mom really should be trying to experience as often as they can, those hormones are also sent to the baby. So in bringing a peaceful state of mind from a hormonal state and creating that hormonal balance in her body, she's actually helping to create that in baby's body. One of the interesting things that we now know from um, mothers who are practice meditators is that when, um, when moms bring in that peaceful state of mind and bring in those consistent feel-good, you know, beta-endorphin hormones and, um, and are sending all of those to the baby, it actually directs the baby's brain development in a completely different way, which brings up kind of that concept of stress and pregnancy, which 
we want to kind of help moms learn how to manage that because when babies are have an opportunity to have lowered stress um, hormones sent to them through the placenta throughout pregnancy, which meditation helps to do that as well. It helps manage and mitigate cortisol. Um, it helps their brain develop in a way that allows them to function in stressful situations according to their personal environments. Okay. So for example, if mom is living in a very high stress environment, her, her baby's brain is going to be directed to develop in a way that functions best in high stress environments. And so ideally we want babies to learn how to function and kind of medium stress environments because if their brain is forming in a way that is seeking out stressful environments, you know, that's not necessarily healthy for us long-term. It's not healthy for heart development and all sorts of things. So it's something for us to, to be aware of. Um, meditation can actually influence not only our hormonal production, but it can influence our baby's brain development over time too. Well, that's huge. Um, and that's mm-hmm. like the biggest part of things for me um, is that, wow, this is it's really important. It's not just this, like, uh, I, I think a lot of times, even my clients have said, well, isn't that, you know, some kind of hippie stuff? You know, the idea of bonding with your baby before the baby's born. And I'm like, no, <laughs> this is not about that. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to wear yeah. Birkenstocks to connect with your baby. This is not about, no. you know, any that fast. <laughs> or your music choices or patchouli or anything like that. This is just about like a real conscious agreement uh, to be connected to your child. And um, and it's not like, and we can back all of this stuff up with science, which is really, it makes me really happy. Um, and oh, and that's like something talk- I love too. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I just I love the science aspect. I'm also uh, I'm also a prenatal yoga instructor. I taught prenatal yoga for years, and you know I actually do come from a very kind of hippie family. My, I grew up in the 70s, and my my mother at least was was very much a hippie. And so I I you know my first book that I got when I was pregnant for my mom was Ina Mae Gaskin's Spiritual Midwifery, and I absolutely oh, love man. all that kind of the touchy feely <laughs> and you know all, all of that free love and, you know, like just being grateful and present and everything in all of your life. I love all that. But at the same time, I'm very much a research fiend. I want to know if I am feeling really good, why am I feeling really good? And how is this particular pose working in my body and changing my posture? And how does eating this food help my baby? I'm, I'm one of those people who, while I understand and I love all the surface part of it I also want to know from a research point of view how it's happening yeah exactly that's what I'm talking about so this perfect little segue into talking about stress but before I do I wanted to let Mm -hmm. everyone uh, remind everybody of our call-in number and that you can call in with stories or comments or ask questions the number to call in is 1-347-850-1642 that number again is 347 850-1642. And once again, we'd like to thank you, our listeners and our sponsors, Doula Trainings International, to find folks at thebomia.com and Doula Book for supporting our mission to bring great information to listeners like you. So back to this idea of stress. You were talking about how important it is to reduce stress during pregnancy. But how do you do that? I mean, it's a really (laughs) stressful time. You know, I, I was just pregnant, not like 
less than three years ago, it's still very fresh in my mind. <laughs> the stress mm-hmm, of like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, all of this like weight gain, your body's changing, your hormones are out of control, you're like crying one minute, laughing the next. It's all of <laughs> simple. Like, how am I going to raise this child? You're just all stress, stress, stress. So how do we reduce mm-hmm. stress in pregnancy? Well, the reality is for most of us, we can't. We, we can't reduce the majority of stress. I mean, we can start to identify what stresses us. For example, certain relationships, maybe a certain job, and we can start to manage that stress or we can move away from that relationship or reduce the amount of time that we're spending with individuals in those, in those relationships. Or, I mean, sometimes we can change a job or sometimes we can maybe just take away some aspects that are stressful of that job. You know, but the majority of the time, stress is happening to us. And so it's not even that we can reduce it, but we can learn how to manage stress in our body. We can learn how to reduce the impact and the effect of stress on our bodies and on, you know, and for our babies. And that's what's really important because one of the things that um, current stress researchers look at is what happens to your brain when you are stressed. And in fact, what happens is you move into a very ego state of mind. Because when you think about what, you know, acute stress is designed for, it's designed to help protect you in in scary or dangerous environments. You know, for example, if you're walking along a pathway and a dog starts to bark at you, you automatically start to have elevated cortisol hormones to help you get the heck out of Dodge, right? Yeah, right. Um, but the problem for us when we're, when we're human and we have this really beautiful forebrain that's developed that likes to think about things and rationalize things and think them over again and again and again and worry about things is that once we have a stressful event, we can simply remember the stressful event or think about a potential stressful event and that sets us into a stressful mode. And when you are in stress, the whole point is you're trying to protect yourself. So you move into this ego state of mind, and that's really not very helpful when you think in terms of long-term mothering behavior because we, when we get into these states of chronic stress and we never learn how to remove stress from the body, then we move into those really ego states of mind. And it's, you know, when you think of being mothering, that's really it's such a, it's a selfless kind of act. You have to fully right. be present and focused on your baby. And so we want moms to learn. And very simple things can help reduce stress from the body. Things like repetitive yawning sounds crazy, but it actually resets the precuneus in the brain. And if you can think about yawning, you're probably going to start to yawn. But that that act of repetitive motion. Another thing which I know you talk about a lot is, is, you know, that community, that sense of community, being with your sisters, being with like-minded individuals who make you laugh and make you feel good reduces stress and also the act of motion in our body moving our large muscles through space actually helps yeah. reduce stress so having moms you know take a walk every day or, or a walk at lunch or what's even better is walking with their partner and their other children every day getting the family involved mm-hmm. because that is stress reduction so while we can't eliminate stress always but we you know and we can think about ways to kind of reduce some of it we can learn how to reduce its impact on our bodies and our babies. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. I I was um, sitting here doing what I said not to do. It's like feeling guilty about my last pregnancy because it was really stressful. 
But, um, well, because I was, I was traveling the whole time uh, while I was pregnant with Jack. I was going, uh, gosh, I even went to South Africa when I was pregnant with Jack. That's a heck of a trip, mm-hmm. uh, six months pregnant or four wow. months pregnant. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I was doing those things, so I, uh, I was thinking about it because I was like, why is Jack so, like, a, such a laid-back kid? But um, it's because mm-hmm. of those walks that we did a lot of those um spending time together with the family, all of us, since there's so many of us. Um, I, our other parts of my family have teased me because we have four kids, and, and in my family, um, that's like having 12 kids. So <laughs> there's a lot of us. And so we go, um, I think, the going on walks, that seems like such a simple thing. Like you don't have to be, have to master meditation to be able to relax. Like I do, I have very fond memories of the, the walks that we would go on, um, out behind our house, out in nature, and how really bonding that was for everybody. Because we would mm-hmm. say, like, we're going for a walk with the baby, <laughs> even though the baby wasn't with us, like, outside of me yet. So <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. a good thing. I'm glad you brought that up because those are really good memories um, of that, even if I was really busy. That was really wonderful. Right. And, you know, you start to think about those things that we all do, those kind of comfort behaviors that we do when we're feeling stressed. And a lot of them are designed to be stress minimizing. Even the act Mm -hmm. of, you know, uh, cooking for your family at the end of the day and then having a family meal where you're around the table making eye to eye contact, which that alone helps increase oxytocin, but that helps to reduce cortisol in us. So even these simple things that we do every day kind of as family tradition are stress relievers and our family builders that we don't even think of in terms of being um, to help us reduce our stress, but they really are. They're very, they're um, very healthy for us. No, I love it. Um, I was wondering if you could just touch on uh, how even after baby is born, when you are connecting with your child and you're looking at them and you're smiling and um, they Mm -hmm. smile back at you, or if you frown, they frown back at you. Um, let's, I want to talk a little bit more about that because we know that babies aren't blobs um, and that right. they're having a real, um, a real experience. Like what happens when we're maybe, say, on our phones during nursing and not maybe connecting with our babies, what, uh, what all of that means? Yeah, I, I, and I find that so, so important too because as important as I find the prenatal period, I'm also – a lactation consultant. So the act of breastfeeding and breast milk is something that I'm also very, very focused on all the time. And, and we do know that oxytocin plays a huge role in bonding and babies are hardwired when they come out to seek eye to eye contact. And the best place for them to do that in, is in their mother's arms. And, you know, ideally, um, you know, if they're breastfeeding, they're always in their mother's arms. And if they are bottle feeding, we want to encourage moms to turn their baby in and make that eye-to-eye contact because one of the things that happens like at, at the moments of birth is that moms are flooded with oxytocin and babies are flooded with oxytocin. And it's the highest, if mom has a vaginal birth and has put, you know, gone through the phase of pushing, it's the highest amount of oxytocin an individual will ever experience. And that keys that baby's brain um, at delivery to seek that connection. And so when we have those oxytocin bursts, it causes our eyes to dilate. And that dilatation of the pupil 
from baby's eye to mom's eye actually sends a message to the baby's limbic Mm. system, their emotional hub, that you're my person. And Mm. so the more that they breastfeed, because when they're breastfeeding, mom's releasing oxytocin because that causes milk ejection, then her eyes start to dilate and the baby's making that eye contact. So every feeding, breastfeeding, and, and, you know, the more they're skin to skin, the even more oxytocin they're releasing, the more that there's that message between mom's eyes and baby's brain that I'm your person, you're my person, we're interdependent, we're connected. And it's another reason why, you know, partners and dads should try and do as much skin to skin as they can with their baby as well and hold them in that cradle way as well so they can make eye to eye contact with their baby because that dilatation of the eyes sends the same message to baby there too. Like you're also my person (laughs) and we are we are in love as well. You know, I mean, when you think about it, when you think of falling in love with, a, with another person, one of the things that yeah. happens is, you know, that signals attraction is when people's, people's dilate. That's our message from one person to another that we're together. <laughs> You're mine. I'm yours. You know, we are bonded. And so that facial recognition is really important. And from those early, in those early developmental stages, baby is releasing these things called, well, and mom's brain too, they're called mirror neurons. And so when an individual, like when a mom is feeling a certain emotion, she's displaying it on her face. And the baby's mirror neurons cause the baby's face to mimic what mom's face is saying. But in making that facial mimicry, it causes the baby to feel the same type of emotions. So, again, it's another way that it continues to facilitate that emotional health in a child because it helps them learn emotion. It helps them to recognize emotion. It helps them to share emotion. And, you know, when you talk about those moms that are texting on their phones instead of while they're breastfeeding or feeding their baby um, or engaging with their children instead of, um, or not engaging, but being with their children instead of actively participating, they're just texting. There is something that is lost there. There actually is, you know, um, opportunities that are lost for continued um, emotional health in children. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. You were talking about falling in love. I am completely in love with the Attachment Pregnancy book. Thank you so much for writing it. <laughs> Thank you for everything absolutely. you do. How can people find, how do they get more of Laurel Wilson, and how do they find the Attachment Pregnancy book? So um, the Attachment Pregnancy um, can be found on Amazon.com. It's also in bookstores, and you can order from any bookstore. Um, You can find me at motherjourney.com. That's my website, and I have a whole lot of resources for parenting, pregnancy, and breastfeeding. And Tracy Wilson-Peters, who also co-wrote the book with me, is a wonderful resource, and you can find her at tracywilsonpeters.com, and she has a lot of great information as well. But we really do hope that – that families do find this information and connect to it. And actually, we also have a website called theattachmentpregnancy.com where we have some great handouts that parents can download to help them with, you know, practicing mindfulness and practicing like the three R's um, as well and all, all sorts of good stuff. So lots of free, free stuff for families as well. Yay. Oh, thank you so much again <laughs> for everything that you do. I can't wait to talk to you soon. If you are a doula and you are listening to our program right now, I have some good news. Uh, Laura Wilson is going to be one of our uh, speakers slash trainers in the Culture Doula Program in 2017. It's not too late to uh, get involved with us. We only have room. 
we started out with room for 283 people. I think we have room for 200 people left. So um, get on board. If you'd like to find out more information, you can go to Facebook and just look up The Culture Doula, or you can email me at progressiveparentingradio at gmail.com for more information. Thanks again, Laurel. I look forward to working with you, you again. In the Thank you, everyone, for Thank listening. You, Remember, of course, and that uh, Progressive Parenting is a listener-funded program. If you enjoy our programming, please consider sending PayPal donations to paypal.me forward slash Radio Nation. We will see you again next Monday at 11 a.m. And until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other.